Yesterday, I might have said that Florida State was going to lose to Syracuse going into the season of football. Maybe got a little tussle with some of those Knowles fans. Would love to have that conversation about the Atlantic today with my guy, Jersey Drake, in general, because we all know it's going to be challenging. So who's going to step up to the plate? Which quarterback is going to surprise people? Maybe it will be Jordan Travis. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Jersey Drake on our Freestyle Friday is in the building. He's host of Locked On Seminoles podcast, and we make it do what they do every single week. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, so Jersey Drake. You know, yesterday I had this whole episode talking about the new quarterback for Syracuse, Carlos Del Rio Wilson. He's coming out of Florida. He's got four years of eligibility. He's feeling good to go. Then I said to myself, all right, well, let's just see who Syracuse is playing because you you always go through the list. Will it even matter that they have a new quarterback? Because I was just running through, went through every game, and I'm like, yeah, they'll beat Wagner and they'll beat UConn, but uh, after that, It's getting a little dicey. And then I gave them a fair shake against Louisville and Florida State. So I put out a little tweet, you know, that they'll win three games. One of them just might be Florida State. And you would have thought that the whole world was coming to an end. Then those fans, they were like, oh, really? Word, bet? Mm, Okay. Now, we can talk to the realistic Seminoles fan here, Seminoles expert here. Why on earth is it so off base? To say that Syracuse might mess around and be Florida State this season. It's Syracuse. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, it's um. Well, for one, Carlos De Rio Wilson's a non-proven commodity. That's for one thing. He couldn't beat out Emory Jones, nor could he beat an AR-15. He also can't beat out Jack Miller, the transfer that was coming in from Ohio State. Two, that offensive line we know is worse is probably bottom like two in the, in the, in the ACC, and it's not two. Uh, who's he throwing the ball to? Um, they have Sean Tucker. Which you know was great and all, but we saw how last year. I mean, we were able to contain them somehow, some way, and we that was one of our better wins last year. You know, it took a lot out of it because mainly they were mainly in the game because Gary Schrader had like 180 yards rushing, which was absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I do know that like I'm I'm not the biggest Jordan Travis guy out there, but he was a cat. The reason why we won that game in a large stretch of the fashion is just more that. I just don't I don't believe that Syracuse has like the players at all period right now because I think you said it best yesterday where Carl Sarah Wilson is gonna have to learn a playbook starting in May. He's gonna have five months to like acclimate have chemistry with wide receivers where Gary Schrader is already there. Tommy DeVito's gone. You have younger kids coming in too. So overall, I mean Syracuse, they might win two games. I think two <laughs> is the right number. And uh yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that we were able to address the slander from just for me. <laughs> Well, you know, truthfully, I feel like it doesn't matter for Syracuse at this point. I think the you know damage is done for Dino. And after all that's happened with Tommy DeVito and Garrett Schrader, I don't know why you would even have a quarterback conversa- competition, especially this late that's in the game, bringing deal. somebody in. Like, that's just it's, – it's a little too late for me. I, I love you, guy. You know, I, I've been rooting for you, but 
bringing a quarterback competition when you've already had that issue. You need to focus on your offensive line. You need to focus on your wide receiver. There's other pieces to the puzzle that should have been addressed. But maybe they're so stressed about Schrader that they're like, listen, anybody, anybody willing, enable. Because it's not just, you know, Carlos. It's also Jack uh, Villari. Dan Villari. Dan Villari from Michigan transferring. So you got three transfers. And you got one guy who's been there since his junior year. I mean, since freshman year, he's probably, I mean, if you can't beat Gary Schrader. Um, so yeah, they're in a bit of a pickle. They're in a bit of a pickle, but you know, overall, I think that the Atlantic division is just so competitive and which as we transition, transition to that conversation, that it'll be truly difficult for everybody. And, you know, we talked about on Wednesday shows with AJ black about the quarterbacks in this bad boy. And of course, didn't mention Jordan Travis about being NFL draft ready, but you know, there's still the conversation of this season going in, and a lot of these teams, especially in the Atlantic, have really strong quarterbacks. And so if we want to go through the list. I'm perfectly fine with that. But how it stacks up against Florida State, one of the other points I brought up in our, my little scuffle yesterday on Twitter <laughs> was the fact that they don't have a new quarterback or a new coach. So, like, respectfully, Mike Norvell, did he get exponentially better this season? Will he get exponentially better this season in his coaching abilities? Will Jordan Travis get exponentially better? Because last season it was all about the defense and Jermaine Johnson. Now I'm sitting here saying, all right, well, what else you got? I will say, I will say, uh, Jermaine Johnson, one of his three worst games was against Syracuse. Actually, was probably a much of a no name for that. So that's actually, I actually looked at that before we started recording today. But I mean, you are right. Mike Norvell, you know, is still there, and you know I'm not the biggest Mike Norvell fan, but what we haven't been able to see is Mike Norvell being able to run purely purely his true offense, and that's primarily because of the limitations of James Blackman from two years seasons ago and also from Jordan Travis. And now it's starting to get to the point where I think Mike has to un- understands that he needs to be able to cater his playbook a lot more to Jordan Travis's skill set, whereas a lot more runs, a lot more play action, RPO, because we do have a great running back room. We had Jason Corbin last year and Trayshawn Ward. Trayshawn Ward comes back. We're bringing Trey Benson from Oregon. And also, roster-wise, this defense is a lot stronger, I think, coming in, even though we did lose um, Jermaine Johnson. We bring in Jared Verst, transfer from Albany. We bring in Tatum Bethune to help out a very weak linebacking core. We also have Sam McCall's Zary Thomas cornerbacks coming in that, quite frankly, our team is a lot deeper than last year. And also, we finally have nine offensive linemen in rotation. Last <laughs> Two years ago, we had six. You need mm-hmm. five to start offensive line. And yet last year, we had seven. Now we got <laughs> nine. Now we actually have options to play, pick and play. And if someone goes down, you don't have to call me up to play offensive, offensive guard. I'll do it. But I'll, you got to pay me for it. You got to pay me a little bit because of, you know, the insurance bills. But hey, like we can do it. But it's overall, it's the roster top to bottom. This is probably the best roster we've had, I think, since maybe Taggart's second season. So three mm-hmm. years ago, four years ago, because the first his first year was pretty loaded. But. Overall, roster-wise, it's much better, but we need to see Jordan Travis take the next step forward because his first year was a lot of running. Last season, like, okay, we can see you throw the ball, but we don't have that many options wide receiver. Now you bring in Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, Winston Wright Jr., who was, I think led the Big 12 in receptions last year at WVU. You got options, and also the excuses are running out because there's a freshman by the name of A.J. Duffy who definitely, definitely might be able to take that job by the end of the season then. So to me... We got, I think there's a lot of changes going on, but it's also the roster is actually a lot more talented, even though we did lose Jermaine Johnson. 
All right, well, there's more of the story, but I want to, I'm going to do a comparison literally to every team in the Atlanta division because I want to make sure that every Florida State team is listening. All the other people <laughs> who are listening, they can listen about their respective school. Where do the Seminoles stand up? But first, guys, as you know, Bet Online is our number one source for all of your sports wagering needs. Find all the latest news, odds, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. So sorry about your heat, Jersey Drake. It, it's tough. I know. Game five, you thought they were going to win it at home. But there's still two opportunities to get in on that betting action. So, you know, there's that. MLB got scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online has all your sports wagering information, live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Now we're speaking with Jersey Drake here, Locked on Seminoles podcast. And as I mentioned with that bet online read, the, that the Miami Heat are, you know, close to elimination. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Because I know oh, my guy. Girl, I'm fine. fine. And, okay. Did you see the tweet that the Celtics put out last night? No, I didn't. They tweet out to me like, oh, yeah, 10 years ago today, you know, I went over to Miami for game five and we took a 3-2 series lead. And I'm like, you remember that game six was the LeBron James game where he had that death stare, <laughs> mean mugging everybody, right? And I'm just like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm pretty sure Jimmy's gonna go for 40, even though I'm pretty sure Peyton Pritchard, what's up, my guy? You might want to uh not take lessons from you know Grace now on how to play basketball. But uh overall, like hey, we're good. We're good. So Kyle Lowry needs to sit though, because his hamstring is whew, it's it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's out of here. All right, good enough. But we are having a conversation about football today, and so I wanted to make sure that all my Florida State fans feel a little bit better after listening to this episode, or maybe my other schools in the Atlantic Division, they'd be like, listen, and let's do a little comparison, and I'm not seeing it. So one by one, we're gonna do it. Boston College will face off. You know, this season, well, not face off the season, but in comparison to Florida State, if you had to say this team can, you know, make the better record in order to be the Atlantic Division champion, Florida State and Boston College, Phil Jacoby, Jordan Travis, you know, you've got a really good Zay Flowers against a pretty decent, you know, Florida State receiving court. Defensive wise, I would, you know, err on the side of the Seminoles to Boston College, but overall, you've got Coach Halfley. In year three, really trying to figure it out. I edge with the coaching, um, giving it to Boston College. But what are your thoughts there on just if we had to pick a lane division champion? Let's, uh, I would probably go Boston College, but strongly really? enough, I, I think that I do. I'm a big believer in Jeff Halfley. Also, mm-hmm. I do like Phil Dracovic, even though I wouldn't have him as number two in my mm-hmm. uh, in my rankings. Like, you know, AJ had on Thursday. Like, folks, listen to that. I was a great listen. But I this is a game where actually we play them super early. And yeah. I think we catch them early, but I think once they finally hit their stride and Phil Dracovic stays fully healthy because people forget that man had a wrist surgery and literally to his throwing wrist and came back six weeks later. And I was like, why is he throwing the ball? I'm like, my man, he has like stitching and like cuts all over his wrist. Well, like, why wouldn't he be able to throw it? And then you have Zay Flowers, who is a top two, top three wide receiver in the ACC. Josh Downs is number one. I heard you. I was like, I'm like, isn't Josh Downs still here? So overall, with Phil Dracovic in that, it's just the defense is not great, and our defense is much better, but they do bring back a Jaden Woodby, which is a huge, mm-hmm. which is a huge, uh, huge key for them. But to me, I would probably because right now have FSU at seven and five. I ha- I can see Boston College pushing for like the eight and four spot. Eight and four spot. Okay, look at you. Well, you know, I think that to me, there's been a lot of conversation about whether or not um, Halfley will be around after this year. So a lot is to me, a lot's riding on whether or not he's able to pull it out, but I don't know. I don't know that he – I would like him to stay just because I like good coaches staying in the ACC, but I don't know if I'm feeling that. However, all right, Louisville. Louisville and Florida State. 
I feel like Louisville, we all know we're big Malik Cunningham fans over here. Will he be enough? Will he? That defense did not get exponentially better. Coach Satterfield, when you do a Coach Satterfield and Mike Norvell comparison, it's like, all right, well, if I have to pick somebody. I'm, and strongly enough, I'm going to take Mike <laughs> over Scott because I don't like – I think Scott Satterfield is not a damn – he's not a good head coach. Yeah. And I think the only reason he's got a job is because Malik Cunningham is that damn good. But who is Malik Cunningham throwing the ball to? Marshawn you know? Ford, I think, is still there, right? Yes. Tyler Harrell's gone. Uh, Nick is. Saban was like, hey, Tyler, we need some more receivers down here. <laughs> in that specific voice after Jimbo yelled at him. But like that team, like, <laughs> like in the defense, I know they bring in Jarvis Brownlee Jr. to be cornerback, but they also lost Greedy Vance, who we basically did a swap and trade with for in transfer purposes. So overall, like, because Louisville, to me, they'll go as far as Malik Cunningham can take them, but they're, who? But he needs much more help. Like it's literally going to be the same thing that we had two years ago, where there's nobody, there's no supporting cast around him on the offense. On the offense, period. Agreed, and I think that overall, the Louisville Cardinals are just they're built off Malik and, and nobody else. And I'm I'm shocked he stayed in a world where, you know, really good, tra- really good quarterbacks go to transfer portals so they can get, you know, bigger lights, stages, all that good stuff. It's in it. Well, I mean, I know he has a good relationship with uh, Lamar Jackson, but still. I don't know that Louisville's going to give him what he needs when it comes to just expose, well, not even exposure, but just in terms of like giving you the right numbers, giving you the best offense, giving you the best offensive line, all that good stuff. So hopefully they get through, but I would err on the side of the Seminoles in that one. All right, Wake Forest and Florida State. Homecoming game for y'all, Wake Forest. Wake Forest doesn't want to be a fluke. They're trying to figure out how to repeat what they did last season and all the magic that came with that. Beat Florida State last year, but it was, I mean, it was a decent game. However, you got Hartman versus Jordan Travis, all the like. That defense got a year older. They're starting to figure themselves out. Who are you picking? This one's hard because Jordan Travis didn't play that game. Mm-hmm. Actually, that was Mackenzie Millen who had six turnovers. Okay. Mackenzie, shout out to my dog. Yeah, I hope he's doing well wherever he's yeah. at. I think he's going to be a coach somewhere, actually. I know he's got that Dreamfield business, which is great. And I think he just got married. Congratulations, my guy. But overall, yeah. I think Sam Hartman – I mean, Sam Hartman is the better QB. And A.T. Perry – A.T. Perry may has made a lot, a lot of us forget about Jacore Roberson last year. Mm-hmm. But then Christian Beal Smith is gone, so I don't know who the running backs are going to be. Zach Tom on the left tackle is gone. And he was the main reason why Jermaine Johnson wasn't able to do anything. Because Zach mm-hmm. Tom, I think, might have been one of the most underrated linemen that came into the draft this past season. Agreed. And that defense, though, is super young, but it's just, it's more that that, that defense, they were, I don't know if youth was an excuse because they just were all over the place last year. And we saw, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, the UNC game like a, is a perfect example. Like I'm saying, I'm like, you yeah. have my game because I had money on that game. I'm sitting there, I'm like, yo, you can win this. And then I'm just like, what the hell are you doing? So to me, <laughs> overall, I think Florida State would probably edge this one out because I do think that we're, this is a game that we're probably going to be coming in as underdogs, and it's earlier enough in the season two where I think that we're able to catch them slipping, sleeping. And we've never lost a wake three years in a row. Right now we're at two. I can, okay. we, we, we can't be having that. And if we have that, whoo, there's going to be a very, very tough conversation in the Morrison. But I have FSU actually kind of stealing this one. All right. Well, Syracuse is another team that we mentioned will be playing. I know your thoughts there. But they got two big dogs here. You got NC State and Clemson. Those are two teams that I feel like are competing for the ACC to, you know, not only the championship or in the Atlantic, but also to win the whole kit and caboodle. So starting out with NC State, you know, Florida State, 
NC State. Never really thought this would be much of a rivalry, but it's turned into like really you know a strong one here with Doran's era. I'm just feeling like NC State's winning the whole thing. You can't convince me otherwise. With Devin Leary, with that defense, 10 out of 11 starters returning, I don't see anybody beating them but them, themselves. So, hey, that's kinda, to you. That's how I feel. And I think we, yeah. I mean, we do drop us one to NC State. I think the NC State game is actually it's in Raleigh. And mm-hmm. uh, Devin Leary's really damn good. He's probably the most underappreciated QB that we have actually in the conference. He doesn't make mistakes at all, period. He's athletic enough to get out the pocket. And I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's he has weapons around him too as well. And also, I think just Dave Doran is a really, really damn good head coach. Now we're gonna be able to we're gonna have to see whether or not nine wins is the ceiling because he's filled he's hitting three. I think he's won nine wins three times. He needs to get the tenth win. Right. And to me, that defense also it brings back Cyrus Fagan, who was playing well before the injury. It brings mm-hmm. back Corey Durden, who found you know back to his uh, top tier all ACC defensive line ways actually at NC State. So to me. <laughs> that's a t- that's a that's a very very tough team to play against. It's a team that's been at Ryan Tether for a very long time, and it's I think their returning production also is like probably tops in the country too when it comes to players they're bringing back. So yeah, NC State that's a really damn good team. I would t- out that to me that probably would be the possible favorite for the Atlantic and Hopper Clemson. Now, if Florida State were to you know pull this one off, make the upset, all of those good things, would you? feel like the tides are turning for the Knolls and maybe Norvell is figuring it out. You know, maybe there are sparks of glimmer, glimmers of hope that things will kind of look better for the Knolls. They're building on something different and maybe we can extend a little grace to Norvell. If we win that game, whoo, okay. That, in that's, Raleigh. Because that, that's a one that's in Raleigh. Raleigh's hard as hell to play. They're so damn close. They can leave and go come back in and get some more drinks. You know, it's a rowdy <laughs> crowd. Like, it, yeah, Carter Finley gets crazy. Carter Finley gets wild, and not only that, it's like that's a tough stretch. I think you play Duquesne first, but then LSU the bye week. You play Louisville, Boston College, Wake Forest, NC State. Mm-hmm. That's a very, very like challenging row. And if you tell me you're going to beat NC State, you're, that means probably you're going to beat one of Wake Forest and Boston College. You probably also beat um, probably also beat Louisville. So if you if you're four and two, and like you're able to take the majority of games from that stretch. Yeah, I will be probably the first one to admit that I'm like, oh my god, this finally there's a finally a, uh, a proof of concept here because my man has eight wins in two years, mm-hmm. so that's shown nothing much really to get be any positive about. But if you give me four, you're already halfway there to you win till from two seasons. So like to me, that's that's honestly great. Yeah, not only you go from Clemson, not only do you go from Wake Forest into State, but then you go to right after to Clemson, and that to me is probably one of the toughest stretches for ACC. Uh, football this season because you got three who are vying for opportunities and then it's you who's historically been the person who's coming and taking away chances of being that dominant team so like Clemson DJU can he figure out how to throw this season can he throw consistently can he hit his targets can he not look nervous can he not look crazy when he's out there right does he have a better offensive lineman Will Shipley Jr. he's definitely going to be helping him right you don't have that conversation about Justin Ross anymore like you're pretty much the man out here but you also got that defense who's without Brett Venables. Yeah. Are they going to be all right? They got Brian Brzee, right? They did. Mm. Yeah. Yes, they do. They still do. They still do. With Clemson, it's that game. I'm not going to lie to you, Candace. I think I texted you was probably the most angry I've been with this team because <laughs> I saw that Jermaine Johnson sack fumble. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh my God, we're actually going to beat them. And then I see the damn play calling that we have for the rest of the damn game. And not only did we lose, we also fumbled in our own to our own end zone and failed to cover too. 
So overall, like to me, like that game last year was super winnable. So to me, it shows that Clemson's beatable, and that was with Brett Venables. Mm-hmm. But I think we're gonna ha- see a lot of different things from Clemson this season, primarily mm-hmm. because I think Dabo is gonna have to relinquish some of the play calling back to his uh, his new hire, new hired OC. Because please, Lord, <laughs> my man, my man can't scheme X's and O's. I'm sorry, he he's not good at that. There's a reason why he almost got fired in year three um, when he was first at Clemson, and then with DJU. I think he'll. I mean, he has the talent. He has all the intangibles. He's, he's basically uh, what an NFL uh, draft GM scout, you know, dreams of. But if he doesn't play well, I remember when Kelly Bryant sucked his first like three or four games, and then K. Klubnik came right on in. So to me, as it stands right now, I'll probably take Clemson to beat us out in this one mm-hmm. because primarily it's more that um, I need to see how they play the first few weeks of the season. But I think right now, as it stands, Clemson. Clemson's probably the main team to beat, probably for NC State to win the title, the, uh, the Atlantic. Yeah, I would agree. And I just think overall, like, I want Clemson to be good because for the sake of the national outlook of the ACC, it's important for them to be good, right? It's important for yeah. there to be a real conversation. And, you know, NC State, they can bring the fans, but and they can bring, you know, the energy, but it's just not the same as Clemson and the way people have, you know, aired on the side of giving them more love. So if Clemson's good, it lifts the ACC. If there is a dogfight, we are beating each other up, quote unquote, it'd be the same as the SEC. So all the conversation around the SEC being so great and being bottom feeders because they eat each other up. Listen, ACC, maybe it'll do the same thing this year. I don't know, but we got a lot of good games head to head happening. And I think that a lot of people have a lot of things to prove, but the Knowles most importantly Atlantic Division have a lot to prove because Mike Norvell, this is the year where we got to see something shake. Eight wins in two years is tough. We got we over here talking about Doran getting oh, nine years wins. <laughs> it's not tough. It's piss poor. It's, 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 it's piss poor. No, 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 no. Like that's you fire Willie Taggart and his buyout is five million dollars. Yeah. Norvell's salary is three and a half. You're paying my man eight and a half million dollars. You're basically paying Mike Norvell a million dollars per win the past two seasons. That's insane. More than that, though, like, you know, clearly from what I saw yesterday, the, the fan base, they be firing off at the slightest diss. So I can only imagine what they'd be saying about your boy. But overall, I think that it's going to be a really good season. I think the Atlantic, per usual, is going to be the most competitive, but I ain't going to sleep on the coastal because you are playing who I think is going to win the whole thing, and that's Miami. Ooh. Uh, the coastal, win the coastal. Oh, okay. I'm about to say not the whole thing. Not the actual ACC. You know, they, have, they haven't won any the conference since they joined, so I don't know. Uh, no, 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 not the whole conference. Let me let me make sure I be clear before somebody gets in these comments. But shout out to you know locked on canes. I say it all the time, but my buddy uh, Alex Dono has been taking off. Like he got a thousand yeah. subscriber in like two days. <laughs> yeah, that man's been putting work. Yeah, with the thirteen yeah. shows, I got subscribers. I was like, oh man, we need to get you on. <laughs> Like houseway, I'm over here. Like I'm over here giving him tips, but give me tips. What the hell? But it's also I have to remember fan bases go hard, and that's a very go hard fan base. And so when it comes to that game, I'm I'm interested to see. Maybe it'll actually be a good one this year for y'all between y'all. I mean, last year was yeah. Last year was a damn good game, even though I was having a heart attack in the second half because we were basically pulled the UNC where we're just like, oh, we're gonna put the lead out and like you know just hold on for dear life, but. Yeah, with the with this Miami game, this is going to be a tough one for me because I think you beat either them or Florida. I don't think you beat both, and I think Florida is going to be the one we beat more next year, primarily because I am a big believer in Mario Cristobal. I think it's going to actually bring them back to where they want to be eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were the first ones to say back in November that Manny was going to get fired and Mario was coming in. So a shout out to us. 
But overall, like Josh Gass, I think is a great OC. My only concern, though, for them is Kevin Steele, mm-hmm. uh, the former Auburn defense coordinator. Reports are that defense looks um, pretty bad, like 50 shades of booty. Um, so overall, <laughs> it's not playing that well at all. And with Tyler Van Dyke, I love Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, I've been uh, he converted me into a true believer last year. But who's throwing the ball to? Charleston Rambo's gone. They don't have a true wide receiver number one threat. I mean, Frank Latson from Clemson, he came in. I think he had four catches last year at Clemson. Xavier Estrepo, good kid. Drops the ball all the damn time. Michael Redding, it's whatever. So they're going to probably be a, to me, a leaning a lot more on Jalen Knighton, Don Chaney, Thad Franklin, the running backs. And also, Mark Cristobal does have a thing with QBs where he likes to run QB power. I don't know how that man didn't win the Pac-12 more than once with Justin <laughs> Herbert, but hey, that's just me. 100%. I'm still laughing at Fifty Shades, but that's hilarious for I many say, reasons. I usually say Fifty Shades of ass, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, kids kids listen to the show. <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, Jersey Drake, it's always a pleasure to kick it with you on Freestyle Fridays. So glad that I put that tweet out there because it gave us a whole show to talk about. But more importantly, can you please remind these folks where they can find you follow your work? All right, folks, you can follow me at Tally underscore underscore Drake. You can follow Candace like at Candace D. Cooper, as you can see down below. You can follow my co-host at Lockdown Semos for at Max Moody 17. And also follow us at Knowles Nimes, where basically we where we engage with the fan base, get themes for our questions, do our mandatory mail, mailback Monday. And folks, Candace is very good at her job. FSC Twitter, don't be coming after her. She just does it for fun. She's also, she does, but also, that's your fans. But also, if you want the smoke, don't come from her because she will put you in your place really damn quick. <laughs> That's hilarious. You will get Fifty Shades of Booty because I don't care enough. Like I, I think because we do this, people assume like your passion is just like over, you know, overzealous. And then it's like I love this thing. Listen, I do what I do, but I'm not gonna sit here and lose sleep over a tweet from guys who are just really upset and in their feelings. Maybe I, maybe I hit, I touched a nerve because you know the fact that we're even comparing Syracuse and Florida State. We've reached a low point. Okay, Seminoles, we've reached a low point, but it's fine. You know, we can come back. We can figure it out. Only we get to say that, Candace. That's okay, the so so sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, can't expo- I can't expose the wounds, you know? I, if you expose it, then it means it's true. But, you know, here we are, nonetheless. Hope you guys have a great and safe Memorial Day weekend. Please be safe out here on these streets. Please be safe on these boats. Whatever you feel like you need to do. Just make sure you be smart and safe about it. Come back to us on Monday. Hopefully, you know, the company gives us a holiday. But if not, we're going to talk more football. So it's all good to go. For Candace Cooper and Jesse Drake, until next time.